0: It just one googly sh- search will give you the answer that he has nothing to do with this product anymore. So, whatever.
1: Good morning and welcome to Downloadable Coffee Dallas. I'm your host, Rebecca, and joining me today is
0: Trey Hodge.
1: This is a podcast where we discuss what's happening around the DFW area and beyond, as well as take a look back at the topics that took over the VGOCC last week. And there's been a lot of talk. (laughs) A lot of talk. It's mostly been around uh, Epic, Epic Game Stores uh, controversy. We still have a lot of that going on. Um, In Crunch Talk, people are still talking about the crunches. And uh, I think we're going to leave some of those topics off, just because we've talked about them so much over the last two episodes that we've had. Um, but we'll put, we'll give them some honorable mentions here at the end of our, our show. But before all of that, let's talk about uh, previous events, and I know of none. <laughs> Three, two, one. Upcoming events. Upcoming events. Upcoming events,
0: upcoming events, upcoming, events. upcoming events. All right. Well, let's talk about current events. And by that, I mean, I know there's a DSOP get-together that we have a bunch of people who are wrapping up their, what is it, a month-long jam or something?
1: That is actually tonight, the day we're recording this, after we're done with this episode, I'm going to be running out there to go check it out. Some of our members were, were doing it. Their game is going to be called Woof in Stein. <laughs> it is... It is a 19, like 1930 ish style game, or at least that's what they're saying. And what you are are dogs that run around and punch people. So it was originally called pip, Pups-a-Cuffs or something. <laughs> like that. So I'm very excited to see how it came along tonight and some other things tomorrow. So. I know this this podcast is coming out way after this stuff, but tomorrow we're also doing our beer club. That is the last thir- last Tuesday of every month. We're closing out April, so a lot of the developers in the area, a lot of our AAA companies, are getting ready during their last minute sprint that leads up to E3, which usually happens in June. Um, so we might see a down. We're going to see a down tip in just events that are happening while everybody's just out there doing that. Uh, well, and just kind of a highlight so people can get it on their calendars. The second Tuesday of every month of the game, you have Drink Up. That should be, ooh, what's the date on that? That should be the 7th of May. Awesome. And that will be at Vickery Park in Plano. Wait, that's the first Tuesday. No, that's not. Oh, you're right.
0: <laughs> so you're right. If, if that matters, <laughs> then you're looking at the
1: 14th. Uh, yes, the fourteenth is the right one.
0: <laughs> They're a lot of fun. I miss going to them. So if you hear this and you're around, you should absolutely go.
1: Oh, for sure. It's a great time. All. It's always a great time. Uh, I say that for every event that I go to. <laughs> but it's honestly one of the one of the best experiences that I have. Whenever, if ever I'm feeling down or I'm losing inspiration or lacking inspiration on anything, I just go to one of these events, the Game Dev Drink Up, and I get to talk and meet with people that all are just working on incredible things or in the process of getting a project off the ground. And it just, you know, I leave that I leave that uh, gathering, which is like an upbeat and going. I'm ready to take on everything that there is. <laughs>
0: right, right.
1: Uh, so those. And are... so
0: you guys, when you go and show up, don't feel super nervous about going. Go find somebody else that's just like you that you want to talk to because you're all interested in the same things. I will admit that I was. I used to be terrified of going to those things, and if it yeah. weren't for going to those, I wouldn't be uh, chit chatting with my friends every couple weeks on the show. So get out there and meet some people.
1: Yeah, and I mean, if you're ever nervous, um, maybe you see my face because I post enough selfies at this point. <laughs> maybe you see my face. I can be your first point of contact. I'm perfectly okay with saying hey and introducing you to to if you're an artist or something. I know some of the some of the people that work, and I'd be happy to introduce you. Um, just also don't come expecting me to be like, <laughs> yeah, not a job fair, not a job fair to meet we'll friends. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's a a good point. It's never it's not a job fair. And we've had instances in the past for some of these different events where it has been a a kind of been job fairish. Oh, there's there is another event coming up now that I'm remembering it. I wish David was on or Michael was on because they're both kind of heading up because they're they are part of the board for the IGDA Dallas chapter. This is kind of a, a, a kind of a heads up because I don't have the exact dates just yet on when this is happening. But DreamHack is coming to Dallas, and in the process, they are partnering up with some of the communities, IGDA Dallas, Dallas Society of Play. I'm hoping the VGOCC can get in, uh, and there's going to be an, a, part, a side event that's just dedicated to game and game development. Um, I don't know everything that's going on. There's still a lot of talk, but I know that by the end of May is when it's going to be happening.
0: All so right.
1: keep an eye on our channels. As soon as we know anything, we'll, or as soon as the signups happen, we'll be posting those everywhere, so you can you can attend. You out there, the listeners can attend. Not me. Right. I, I probably won't go. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then it, that's pretty much wraps up like upcoming events. We're gonna get better about that. Uh, okay, so let's go ahead and hop into the recap. Yeah. I can't, I'm waiting for, like, the music at to kick my I don't know why. All right. So first on our list of things is, uh, here we go. The creator of Stardew Valley, this comes out of pcgamer.com. The creator of Stardew Valley is hiring if you can do five jobs at once. Now the article goes into detail on what the position is, but what it sounded like is he put up a tweet, uh, put up an open position and it lists out all of the things that he needs an admin to do and people kind of took it the wrong way and said, "Oh, so you're looking for somebody. You're you're wanting to pay somebody like $2,000 to do the work of of like six people." And that they found that unfair. Um so he pointed out that the creator, oh, shoot, what's his name? Um, the creator who on Twitter goes by concern, Ape put out the job and kind of clarified afterwards that he didn't mean to make it sound like you're gonna be <laughs> you need to do the work of five people but he also said that when it comes to small business something like uh, I'm not uh, that we know
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, sometimes you do have to wear a lot of hats and he made that very apparent. Um, in this at the club, we were talking about how oh, his name is Eric Baron, B A R O N E Baron. Baron, Baron.
0: Maybe I don't know.
1: <laughs> the creator ah. of Stardew Valley. Um, Whoever he is. <laughs> he he uh, he's starting to put together a team to work on either the continuing update of Stardew Valley, which does still receive updates. Or preparing a team for a new project. It's not well known. It's not known right now. Oh my hair. What's what's going to be, what what the full position is for, or why he's at creating this team just yet. So hopefully there'll be some news. But at the club, we we're talk, kind of talking about this, saying how how there. Here's where here's another example of a disconnect between what it takes to develop, like what what the business of game is. And what is the fun for, for developing a game? Um, if, that, if that makes any sense whatsoever.
0: I saw, we, a t- I saw a tweet. It's funny you say that. I saw a tweet. Someone said, uh, teach a person the game and they'll be happy forever. Teach a person to make games and they'll never be happy again. <laughs> it's <laughs> from a game dev. So it's kind of funny that it's exactly like that. You know, There's a lot more work that goes into things that's not just making games is fun. There's a lot that happens behind the scenes and i'm glad he clarified that that's what he meant
1: yes he did in a series of tweets after the article broke he said uh hi everyone i'm seeing the comments and concerns here and there's definitely seems to be a discrepancy between what i'm looking for in this position and how people are interpreting the post And he said he'll adjust it which he did um it's essentially an admin admin job he needs somebody to help with being, uh, with accounting. Oh crap. What was it again? With accounting in, um, just making sure projects stay, stay on track, just a a lot of admin work. So it wasn't fully in the full development side. Uh, and that's, that's what he was clarifying. This article goes into say, and I bring it up because the first job posting is so comically overstuffed with responsibility that it's hard to believe anyone would be able to do it for more than a week. um, and then it was updating social media feeds, updating Stardew Valley website, collecting Facebook, or collecting feedback from players, answering troubleshooting emails, maintaining payroll employee benefits, hiring and onboarding new employees, managing travel lo- logistics, executing projects with contractors, so on and so forth. And it's just going to keep going. To answer this, it sounds like somebody can't do it. I'm going to say yes, one person can.
0: <laughs> yes, they absolutely can.
1: Yeah, one person absolutely can, and it just comes down to managing your own timetables and tasks. Mm. Uh, former business owner here, I managed almost everything that had to do with my company on the admin side and the administrative side by myself for over six months. Um, and then I, I eventually had somebody else that was helping, but even then, just between the two of us, there's still a lot of work to be done. Uh, yes, so, Always more work to be done. Right. And not every not every single one of this, every, every single task on here is an everyday thing either. You might receive an email from one person, and if it's not something that's critical, you could put it off to the side and wait a couple of days. But that's again getting into like how you handle your workload. And I hope that he manages to find somebody that can handle all of that. Um <laughs> best of to luck <look> too. <laughs> this is an unrealistic ass. Yeah. So Twitter did have like a huge just outcry on that so oops
0: well the good thing is is that you don't have to do it if you think it sounds up there yeah
1: yeah uh here's so this next article comes out of variety.com it's epic will ditch exclusives if steam commits to 18 percent cut this comes off of a lot of our discussion about about the I want. I don't want to say like war, but kind of the controversy between Steam and Epic, and people calling out Epic for its launchers and stuff like that. And Epic is just saying we'll step down if Steam gives a bigger cut to to the developers that use the platform. They take about about thirty percent, maybe more, from developers. At least mm-hmm. that's what I was told at the club. And Epic, uh, and for. Uh, back up a little because I'm thinking about what was also said at the club.
0: So Valve has gone unchallenged for a long time and eventually decided to stop making games and just be a distribution platform.
1: Right. Uh, that's not to say that yeah, that's not to say that they haven't done some development, but it's been a long time since we've seen any game come out of out of Valve. So what they're saying here is, you have the power to now reduce your rates um, and really challenge. And if you do so, we're willing to step down and not make exclusive anymore. If
0: that, if that is willing, a power move,
1: yeah. If they're willing to give a bigger cut to developers, they are willing to remove exclusivity. And that that's like mm-hmm. good. at that point, they're finally answering the consumer side of it. Right. Previously. Epic, like it. From everything that you read on Epic, they're they're much more like dev friendly, where Valve has become increasingly more unfriendly to devs, as they as they got on.
0: Well, I think I think that's a power move for sure, and um, that's that's a real real gauntlet throwdown there. I like it. I like it for sure.
1: Yeah, the general consensus at the club is everyone liked the move. across my social media though people are still like oh yeah go are are kind of skeptical in this with reason um, but i'm also still seeing a lot of again the what we talked about in our last in our last part is just like the discrepancy between what it takes to make a game <laughs> yep and what the consumers want um, so hopefully hopefully it'll, mm, what am i trying to say here I'll use my favorite word. It's going to be interesting to see how Valve responds to this, if they step up to the gauntlet uh, and how they're going to go through with that. But also know that Epic has way more going for them than Valve currently does, unless I'm I'm not. And feel free to get into our comment sections and tell me every great thing that Valve has done in recent years, because what what you see out of Epic is. Like, they have their, and I I don't know if Valve has done this, but Epic has their game development, you know, Unreal. Their Unreal, uh, not game development, what is it called? Game engine. (laughs) Their game engine, Unreal. They have Fortnite. They have the Epic Store now. They have at least three things that generate revenue. What does Valve right now have that's generating revenue the same, you know? Uh, And that's... Feel free to jump into our comment section and tell me cuz I don't I don't know what it is. I don't. And so I'm going to say epic is <laughs> epic is kind of at the top at the moment until until somebody else is, else feels the need to correct me.
0: No. Well, and even just as like a power negotiator type person, I just love the move. So, mm-hmm. even no matter what happens with it or whether someone is right or wrong or whatever, I just I just like the power move. So I'll, I'm just here for the comments.
1: <laughs> so. All right. Next up we have, uh, so do you want to talk on this article? Is the Kotaku article about the I article? will.
0: I'll bring this up. Um, that Kotaku is reporting that a video game uh, that has been developed to detect Alzheimer's disease seems to be working. Um, I find this particularly interesting as I deal with Alzheimer's disease at my day job on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Principally, the article is about a game called Sea Hero Quest, and uh, it was created to do research on um, people who may potentially have early-onset symptoms of Alzheimer's disease because the typical um, Alzheimer's disease symptoms, like hard memory loss and difficulty with mobility and navigation, tend to only be physically uh, noticeable way late into the development of the disease when people have had it for quite a while and things just aren't right, but you can't tell until it gets too bad to tell. Uh, And then you start to notice that people don't remember things for 10 minutes or can't walk to the bathroom or know where the bathroom is in their own room. Uh, These are very late-stage symptoms. And so the game is a navigation-based VR game, and they've been separating their research... um, their lab-based research into people who carry a specific gene, um, which is the APOE4, for those who care. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this specific gene is uh, thought to increase a person's risk of developing dementia and Alzheimer's. And so they're separating people who do have the gene and people who don't have the gene, and they're noticing after their thousands of hours of gameplay research that they are able to know that the people who carry the gene have a significantly greater Uh, challenge in doing the navigation tasks of piloting the little ship Mm -hmm. and that's that's fairly awesome in in a research kind of way in a practical um treatment kind of way not so much um you could do some really fun things with your patients to test them and challenge them if they already have it but as a detection mechanism it is a very interesting set of research variables and uh, i for one Think that this is pretty pretty cool stuff and a great way that you see games being used as technology to actually make the world a better place instead of just give you something fun to do uh, I think it's awesome
1: for sure and there's a couple of things in here that re- that kind of grabbed my attention as well uh, is something along the lines of like playing the game playing the game for two minutes is like equal to five hours of lab time that's pretty cool
0: yeah that's an interesting um an interesting research statistic they gave. I would like to actually read some of those studies. Mm-hmm. Um, but what they do say uh, in this article is that they they discuss some of the other tests. They don't give them by name, but there are several tests that you will see people get, like a MOCA uh, is one test, and a few other tests that you give patients to determine their level of uh, dementia status. Mm-hmm. And while they're not always super correlative, Uh, they do give you good indicators. Well, compared to those tests, which must be administered pretty much late stage, and even they're not very, very accurate, uh, they don't do anything for detection of anything short of memory and a couple of other small things that you can test patients on. So this is like, while I'm sure it needs a lot more research to be done, is as typical of any research, uh, I think this is a very unique and promising way uh, mm-hmm. to move forward in this field. I think it's very cool. In fact, I would probably look into uh, condensing our department to get a VR set uh, mm-hmm. specifically to do this. This is very cool. cool.
1: I mean, well, some of the other benefits that they pointed out here is that because the game has been downloaded by over 3 million p- players, they were able to set a baseline. A baseline to determine, to essentially test test. Potential dementia, Alzheimer's, against what is not like neurotypical people, uh, and that's for that that I find really, really awesome. Uh, and it, the other thing that it says in here is that a lot of this is the equivalent of a, a, a seventeen hundred years of research data on Alzheimer's.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty fantastic what computers can do these
1: yeah, days. Well, yeah, well, let us know if you ever do manage to get it into your yeah. office to so hear some first-hand experience.
0: I am super interested, and I'm glad that this article was shared. Uh, it's kind of akin to, I don't know if anyone remembers when the PS3 first came out. Maybe I'm dating myself a little. But they had a gene-folding technology built into default-release PS3s where you could hook your PS3, because it was the most powerful console computer up to that point. You could hook your PS3 up to the internet and volunteer it for Harvard and MIT-based like, genetic folding research. Like, and it would just power on. They would access the CPU, and you could leave the house, and you would contribute your computer power to um, all this research that was going on elsewhere. So you could technically turn your entire PlayStation network of PlayStations all over the world into a giant research-based supercomputer. Very, very cool stuff, and I haven't seen anything on the PS4 that is the same. So this... If you're using VR sets everywhere, I think it's an insanely powerful way to do things, and I hope that more people jump on, jump on board with this.
1: Right. So go out there, and get Sea Hero Quest, check it out for yourself, contribute to potentially helping to—I don't know what's the best way to phrase it. I want to say eliminating, but that's not probably not the right way. <laughs> no, to say
0: just it. Uh, just helping treat. That's a pretty good yes. way. Helping come up with ways to help treat because it is a cruel and terrible disease and it's the only disease that doesn't hurt you it hurts your family it hurts mm-hmm. people you care about and uh it, it's a terrible and awful thing to have to see every single day and if there's something that we can all do to pitch in to get and get this better like absolutely go download that game
1: Mm-hmm. for sure for sure moving on to our next topic here this comes from so i this actually i stumbled across this while i was on reddit <laughs> It's got a huge bit of um, controversy, bit of, not huge, but that's oxymoron. A lot of controversy behind it. Uh, So back in, back last month, March, yes, we're still, we're in April. Back in March, there was a Skyrim team, a Skyrim team called Skyrim Together that is building a mod that allows for local multiplayer multiplayer through Skyrim. Well, the community, this comes from Eurogamer.com, or Eurogamer.net, it says Sky, Skyrim Together Code Stealing Controversy sends shockwaves around the modding community. So this team, they have a Patreon, and they were building this, and if you read that article, and again, this is from last month, if you read the article, what it goes into detail is how... The developers and one particular developer got into it with the people that had made the code, the code that was used in the mod uh, to do the to do the multiplayer. Um, This conflict happened and what ended as a result or they got into a disagreement with each other. And the uh, end result is that the developers of the code said that this team, this modding team was not allowed to use that code at all. And now the t- team had to go in and remove all of that code. Following up this month, the team got called out by the community asking, hey, where is the mod? It's been over a month, and we haven't see- received any updates. And the team comes back, and this comes from PCGamesN.com. Game, um, it's a new site. This is the one that I found on uh, off Reddit. Uh, and, I, and I found it in other places since then that the popular Skyrim multiplayer mod team says they don't owe the community anything. Well, this is sens- uh, more shockwaves across the, the community because they opened up a Patreon and that <coughs> Patreon has over 25,000, almost $35,000 in it. And people go, you've been paid for this mod. We deserve updates. You do owe something to community.
0: Or a refund.
1: <laughs> or a refund, right? Uh, I'm not sure how Patreon handles these kinds of things. I know how Kickstarter handles it. They usually just go, you're right, shut down the project and give the money back. Um, but I'm not sure how Patreon handles those kinds of things. Yeah, I don't
0: know. Things. They might consider it a donation or something. Um, and, and that may be... Actually, yeah, that may be responsible to different uh, laws and tax codes if it's considered a donation versus.
1: Uh, Thank you I- for reminding me. There, we have a lawyer in our group, <laughs> and he got involved in the conversation. And here it is: as somebody, people have asked, "Is this even legal? Because it's a mod of an existing game. Is this even legal? It's very weird for mod teams to ask for money." And our the lawyer guy, Tyler, he. He said that it is classified as a donation according to Patreon. Amount doesn't matter much with donations.
0: Right. I don't know. It's getting, it's a little sticky. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. And Tyler also pointed out that Steam also allows people to buy mods off of it. So yes, you can charge for money. It's not illegal. You're essentially just, it's like a DLC. Yeah.
0: It's like (laughs) your own product. Like if, Mm -hmm. you know you could you could technically um like say you're an artist i'm pretty sure you correct me if i'm wrong but say you're just a sketch artist and you want to uh start selling uh let's just say yoshi sketches like you could sell them for whatever you want to you just have to make sure that legally you give a license and a percentage to the original creator and so like you can charge whatever you want to. That's not that's not quite what it's what it's all about. People volunteer to give money to something. Eh. Well,
1: this does call into question again. This brings up the, the conversation about copyright and fan fiction and fan art fall in a very gray area of when it comes to copyright. You can hide it, you can place it under the what is that? Um transformative, transformative. I'm not sure. Yeah, no, I know what I'm trying to say. It's a very specific thing within the copyright where it says if it is transformative and not like the original product uh, in some sort of way, it's it's not, It's it, it, yeah, it's gray area. i would just br- bring myself back before I sound too dumb. Um, but it, if fan fiction and fan art has always fallen fall in this very gray area whenever it comes to anything dealing with copyright. And it sounds like the mods also fall into this gray area. But the thing to really point out here is, yes, well, I kind of agree that the devs don't, like, this this is a volunteer team. That's what it sounds like. This is a volunteer team. This is a group of people that decided that they wanted to add multiplayer to this game and, and are putting some time behind that. However, I can't get behind them because they got money. You know, you, you accepted, and even though in the article they say, hey, we don't touch that money, it's only there to make sure that we're able to pay for the servers and the and the pro- products we need to create the, to finish up the project, it's not going into our own pockets, you're still accepting money from people.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And on top of that, it sounds like some, one of, one of the developers on the team isn't playing nice with other people. And in the process, <laughs> and in the process because he wasn't playing nice with other people he ended up setting the project back much further than they originally were cuz this code that they're no longer allowed to use they have to go make that from scratch now mm-hmm. or make it from scratch or find another product that they can use that they that they're legally allowed to use for this and i don't know mm-hmm. if anything out there exists like uh, exists for it i don't
0: know complicated situation
1: yeah, uh, so they get it says that it also says here the mod t- development team, which is currently earning eighteen thousand eight per month from donations, blames community for toxicity, uh, for toxicity for delays. So they're doing that whole turning it back. Oh,
0: pish posh, whatever. Like, yeah, no one buys that. Like, no, nobody who's supporting it is like, oh, you're right. We should totally not be pissed that you haven't delivered the thing we paid you for yet. Like, I don't know. I don't know that I buy that. But they may not be legally responsible to do anything for people giving donations, but they could be, like, stand-up folks and and decide to give a portion back if they intend to continue or or guarantee that there will be a product at some point. I, I don't know.
1: This is, this is part of the article that they're saying is that um – Oh, it was 25% of the entire project that was re- that they had to remove because they, were, they didn't have permission to use that script. Um, Skyrim script extender. Uh, and they had a closed beta. So it sounds like they want to, want, want to put the product out there. It all just comes down to the development side. They, there's mm-hmm. nothing out there that says, we're not going to do it because you're pressuring us. They're just saying, we know, stop pressuring us. Yeah. <laughs> we're trying our best. But we have to; they have to remake, make it, um, make that code from scratch. And no. it, It's a sticky situation.
0: That sucks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, and we've had it, We have a couple people that also are in our group that do modding. I'll have to talk with them and see what they feel like about this. Um, but if you're a modder, how do you feel about this kind of art? Of, this. This news, you feel like it hurts the community, or that people just don't understand what it takes to make a mod. <laughs> I feel yeah, like that's clearly not saying. You know, yeah. Like,
0: oh, the game was made already. What's so hard about what you're doing? I said whatever. Like, yeah, there's, yeah, I love those people. <laughs>
1: uh. So okay, our next one here, oh, right, has re-entered our news cycle. Uh, We kind of put it off to the back burner because there wasn't really anything major happening. But since then, Riot has decided that they didn't like us not talking about them. Uh, This comes from Kotaku.com. Riot employees plan to walk out to protest company blocking lawsuits from going to trial. What this is about, Riot Games has come out and said... Hey, if you're an employee of ours, you signed a contract that said you cannot sue us while under our, underneath our employment. Um, and they would start really falling back on that and prevented, pre- I, I believe I, I have to find the article because I, I didn't bring it out with me. Um, but it was pre- two particular women that were taking, were, were claiming discrimination and wanting to take this to trial. And right. was essentially blocking that as a result right. Employees are like, Hey, we don't like that. We, you're, you you have not changed your, your stripes haven't changed. Um, and now we're, they're planning to, to do this full walkout. And this is just a continuation of the fallout that's, that came out in 2018. We started reporting on it too, talking about how riots culture is essentially derogatory, sexist bigotry, uh, and just all around, just not great. Um, and they, they had tried to take steps. Nobody has seen, like, what those steps have really accomplished, but they have brought in somebody that specializes. Uh, this one lady who was, like, tasked with helping Uber get their act straight, she has come in to help them get their acts straight as well. But we haven't seen or heard any news on exactly how, how they're, they're taking these steps to improve their culture. All we keep hearing is things like this, where they're blocking people, where they're still, still have these, these moments, this misogynistic moments. Um, so now employees are threatening to just completely walk out. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, protesting okay. has become a very popular way of starting to get heard.
0: Well, I mean, just to make it as cut and dry and as simple as I can is just how I try to handle most things in my life. I mean, no one can make you do anything one way or the other. I mean, if you sign a piece of paper saying you wouldn't, well, then you may not have the legal option as recourse, but you sure don't have to work there. Um, and if you as a unit want to screw them and say, nope, we're not standing for it, you're going to lose your talented people because of your choices and behaviors, then bye. And then, you know, all your actions have consequences. So if you're fostering a certain type of work environment, then you have to deal with the consequences of it. If you're doing shady paperwork deals, then one way or the other, you're going to have to deal with the consequences of it. So, and that goes for everybody in bad situations, you know, not to take one side or another. Just, you know, we all make choices and sometimes you have to live with them, you know, so.
1: Yeah. So the article goes on to say that the walkout is going to happen May Monday, May six, uh, and that the in there has been something that the company has responded to it. Uh, where where to go? I was just reading the the thing. So in an email. Wright told Kotaku, we're proud of our colleagues for standing up for what they believe in. We always want writers to have the opportunity to be heard, so we're sitting down today to listen to their opinions and learn more about their perspective on arbitration. We'll also be discussing the topic during our biweekly all company town hall on Thursday. Both are important forms for us to discuss our current policy and listen to feedback, which are important parts of, a, of evaluating, evaluating all of our procedures, policies, including those related to the arbitration. But again, it doesn't. It's still, we're not gonna know until after, <laughs> after the fact, you yeah, know. But yeah. this is what's happening.
0: Well, let's let's see what actually happens. <laughs> yeah. We will see. Actions speak a lot louder than words, so uh, we'll see. We'll see what actually happens.
1: Next on our list, this is more breaking news.
0: Breaking news.
1: Breaking news. There's a couple of things that have hit our Discord that was today. Uh, one of them coming out of Microsoft. This comes from the Verge.com. Microsoft excludes Minecraft creator from anniversary event over his comments and opinions. So Notch was the original creator of Minecraft. He sold the company for billions of dollars. Mojang. Mojang? Mojang. For billions of dollars to Microsoft in 2014. He has since kind of gone off the deep end. I think that's like the nicest way I can really put it. Well, let's
0: just simply say he is a controversial Twitter figure.
1: Yes. He is a very controversial Twitty figure. And unfortunately, when we say controversial, we don't mean like he likes crunchy peanut butter and not smooth. Like What? (laughs) He's more along the lines of um, transphobic, homophobic. Uh, The article goes to call him, um, or some of the comments go in and and call him like alt right. We don't want to use those words, but that that's sort of hit where he he kind of lands in this controversy. Um, Microsoft is making a big push to show diversity. What was it? Show diversity in their their commitment to like um, representation. And because of how controversial a lot of Notch's tweets are, they're like, we can't have him associated with this either. And to be frank, like, he hasn't been involved with Mojang or anything with Minecraft since he sold the company. And even a few years prior to that, after the creation of Minecraft, like, he wasn't really developing on the game either. Uh, And after he sold it, he still isn't really developing games or at least i haven't heard him developing anything at all he's developed uh again a very controversial online personality um so it's unfortunate that for me i'm just like man this could have been a guy that was an is an inspiration to other developers you know this guy could have Talked and gone out there and said, "Here's the way to get to make your game and get it to sell and possibly be bought out." But instead of doing that, he <laughs> a lot of hand movements over here.
0: Saying, what, what is that?
1: <laughs> <laughs> instead of being like this great inspirational figure, he's he's not, and that's just a huge shame.
0: Well, yeah. uh i mean you know his life he do what he wants to with it and it's microsoft's company if they think inviting him would lose them money then don't invite him
1: no so they Uh, they pretty much put the kibosh on that and like rolled out um
0: and the thing is i think that this is not controversial at all just because like you said the guy hasn't had anything to do with it in more than five years mm -hmm. whatever this yeah. is somebody who wants to write an article to get clicks, I, I'm sorry.
1: We're... like It's not news. <laughs> Microsoft also, I mean, they also pointed out that there were still a lot of references left about Notch in the game, and Microsoft has since gone in and removed a lot of them. Um, like, they're trying to make a clear cut. He's not involved, period. They want to make sure that people understand that just because they bought the company from, from him, that they have Minecraft, yeah. that it he has no bearings on it whatsoever.
0: I don't, see still- how any, I don't see how any—I don't see any logical, clear-thinking person would make that deduction. I mean, whatever. It's
1: that, but his title is still creator of Minecraft. Well, <laughs> still-
0: and that's creator, not manager, current contributor. Like it's creator. He did. He, you can't take that away from him. He did it. But I mean, it just one go Googleish search will give you the answer that he has nothing to do with this product anymore. So whatever yes that's google that's for those of you who are a little up, slow on the uptake
1: The <laughs> woggly cool, um,
0: machine it yields all answers
1: <laughs> so i have another article here that man it was we're just like we're really reporting on some controversies here so this is actually about a local developer i got a chance to talk with him he's been to a few of our clubs and we were super excited to learn that his game was going to make it to the switch um Since then, his game got pulled off of Switch, and the reason for it might surprise you. Um, Man, that was super clickbaity. This comes out of Eurogamer. (laughs) That (laughs) was beautiful.
0: Don't ever change.
1: (laughs) Eurogamer. This comes out of Eurogamer.net again. It says, Nintendo pulls Switch eShop game after Dev reveals he sneaked in basic code editor Easter Egg. Um, And there's a couple of quotes in here. So the article doesn't paint uh, paint the guy, and I'm not going to really name him. Um, I'm hoping that I might be able to get him on the podcast and get his side of the story. Uh, but I remember sitting down with with the creator of Dark Room. You can just Google it yourself, figure out what his name is, um, go and look on it. Uh, but essentially, he created this game, and in the game, you can edit the t- you can edit the code and make your own choose your choose your own adventure game. The game itself is a choose your own adventure game. Um, and it's built off of Ruby. And he went, when I talked to him and I sat down and the, before he, the game was ever released, he built it using the programming language called Ruby, um, and then created this basic editor that children would be able to do. And all you had to do was just hook your USB a, keyboard, a USB keyboard into the product, click around and you'd be able to make your own game. Well, here's the thing: He didn't get that approved. That's that's the big takeaway from this article, um, and it's <laughs> the general consensus is he was told he when he showed off his game and he sh- showed some of us his um, his uh, ruby machine. He was. We had all asked, "Did you get this approved? Did you get this one Easter egg approved?" And he said, "No." And we said, "Well, you might want to do that." And he said, "Okay." Um, and now this is the end result. Uh, when it comes to Easter eggs, they in particular when you're putting it up on somebody else's product, you do have to get them approved. They want to know what's going to happen when this product hits their their unit right yeah. And if you if you try to sneak it in there, which is what he did when he snuck it in uh, there's gonna be a, big, a huge backlash and um, he says things like uh, so he, he pointed out, in this article, I deeply regret how this is blown up. Because what he did is he wrote an article about it on his on a site. He put up a blog post about it said, hey, this is out there, go do it yourself. And then he called on the community to let them know that this is out there, let other people know. And of course, Nintendo was like, hold up, whoa, 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 whoa. We didn't agree for you putting an editor on our machine. We don't even know how that's going to affect the Switch. We don't know if you're going to be able to edit other games or change the programs on the system itself. We don't know this.
0: Yeah. Gotta test that stuff. Mm-hmm.
1: He points out, I acted alone and stupidly. It was a last second spark of inspiration and I snuck it in assuming that plugging in a USB keyboard and pressing the, that little squiggly line key wasn't part of the test plan. Um, so he acknowledges that what he did was wrong. And I give him full credit on that. Kudos for you for realizing it. And the article kind of leaves it that nobody, he, he hasn't, like the article itself, he hasn't heard, uh, makes it sound like he hasn't heard from Nintendo about what the next steps are. Um, but, I mean, this is a hard one. And in one sense, you're, you're like, we get what you're trying to do here. You were trying to create an avenue to teach children or give children an avenue to develop games. Right, to start learning how to program and maybe develop a new passion. You're, you're giving an opportunity for parents who are game developers a chance to, to show their children how to do this as well. We get it, and I, I understand, and I, I, I give them kudos for that. And when I first heard it, I was super excited about, the, about it too. But at the same time, you knew where you were going. You, know, you knew who you were going to be dealing with. And the article itself points out that because he didn't take into account how it might affect Nintendo and its system, that he was still in the wrong on that. Yeah. So I hope that this becomes resolved and hopefully all he has to do is just patch the game, remove the editor, and he's able to release it again um i i hope that's the best outcome for him i hope i yeah i i'm just gonna leave it there i hope that's the best outcome i don't want to think of what the worst outcome is because once you put that out into the universe it kind of you know happens <laughs> i don't want to create a prophecy a self-fulfilling prophecy there so i right. hope this the simplest thing for him is that he just passes it and he's able to launch it back on nintendo switch
0: i agree I think that would be the best solution and I hope that works out because yeah, that, would, that would just suck, you know, to put in all that work and get it cleared and something small and simple all you have to do is check out. Mm-hmm. You know, just... I'm sure it's a lot more complicated than just pull it out, but mm-hmm. I, I I hope it works out just fine for all parties involved.
1: So the developer of this game, our hearts go out to you. We hope for the best um, and, you know, um, that's, that's about all we can say here. This is <laughs> <Yeah>. accurate. <laughs> Hope for the best. Uh, you can go check that article out on Eurogamer.com. That, .net. I keep saying .com. It's because it's the same thing. So we went through a lot, <laughs> lot of... <laughs> geez, I'm so we, we, we went through a lot of just like sad, angry things here. Um, so let's talk about one thing that's kind of funny. It, it's kind of a spoiler alert. So... Trey, if you would, put that spoiler thing in there. <laughs> this is about Sonic game. The Sonic movie coming out.
0: <laughs> oh, I mean, I was going to talk about Game of Thrones and and Avengers. Do we really have to do Sonic? Like, we can really, we can get our viewership up a lot. Like, right now.
1: <laughs> uh, man, I did watch End, Endgame the other day, too. Yes, uh, me, this- too. This is the about movie. This is more just one of the casting choices that came in. Jim Carrey has been cast as eggman for the Sonic movie. Uh, oh, <laughs> the general consensus in our chat is we're interested but skeptical.
0: Well, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's about all you could say. All right. <laughs> oh, We'll so. see. this movie has been quite the uh
1: quite the it, ride from the post. Yeah, it's
0: it has been social media's greatest dream come true. Everything they put out about this is just like, really? This is this <laughs> you're feeding the lions, but I think it's great. We'll see what happens.
1: Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> Then we'll have another thing here. This is a couple honorable mentions that Sonic was an honorable mention. Here's another honorable mention. The Switch, this comes from gamersutra.com. The Switch is closing in on 35 million lifetime cells, 35 million lifetime cells worldwide since its launch uh, in March 2017. That's awesome. That's
0: awesome. Pretty good.
1: Good for them. And then another honorable mention, this is from cbc.ca, Canada News Entertainment, Burnout Crunch Canada. This is one of our members has a friend, Osmond Doris. I'm hoping I'm not destroying that name. Uh, Had an interview about his first job, which had heavy crunch, and just how that led to a quick burnout. Um, So that's up there for people. We didn't want to go into it because, again, we've talked about burnout and crunch too much. For like way too much, and the last thing here is now we know why Fall, uh, why Epic was having so much crunch. Fortnite has released their new thing. A Fortnite and Avengers Endgame has been added to the lineup. Is there anything, anything?
0: else?
1: <laughs> no, no, that's that's about it.
0: Consider yourself newsed.
1: <laughs> oh geez. That that's all we got right now. Um we gotta call it short here because I gotta make it out to that to that thing. Um I'm cutting it close here. So I'm gonna go check out those awesome games. I'm gonna report on it next week. Maybe we can have Daniel over share share his and maybe have a couple other teams talk on their games that they were able to create. Um for now, if you want to come and join any of our physical locations or any of our physical clubs. You can find one at Whole Foods in Renner Road off of Renner Road in Plano and the other one in Frisco at Nerdvana. Both clubs start at 8 a.m. Or if you can't make it out, feel free to hit us up on any of our social media sites. Uh, you can find us underneath the handle VGOCC. Huge shout outs go to Courtney, who's helping us kind of reach out to the community and find interviews. To Tyler, who's helping us also here and there. And, of course, to Trey, who's been so awesome in making sure that our podcast sounds amazing.
0: It's what I do. All right,
1: everyone. We will see you or talk to you next time. Bye.